0: the intersection of technology, cybersecurity, and society. Welcome to ITSP Magazine. Let's face it, the future is now. We're living in a connected cyber society, and we need to stop ignoring it or pretending that it's not affecting us. Join us as we explore how humanity arrived at this current state of digital reality and what it means to live amongst so much technology and data. Knowledge is power, now more than ever.
1: to help leading organizations identify and fix vulnerabilities, protect customers, and make the digitally connected world a safer place. Learn more at bugcrowd.com.
2: Hey, you in the back of the class. Me? You, You're you're not paying attention. You're gonna, I'm, you're gonna I'm not, miss, I'm not you, here. I missed the lesson.
3: I'm, miss a, I'm not here, I'm an avatar.
2: I'm not really here. <laughs> okay.
3: Although... But I'm not here either. Well, we could discuss if the avatar is it really me or not. That's true. Uh, we could go there. <laughs> is that how we're right. gonna start?
2: We've already went down a strange path here.
3: Tempted, tempted <laughs> but but we have a goal here. and uh, We have a plan. Well, and we'll try to is, stick do, do to you want to
2: go somewhere you don't know anything about? Or do you want to learn about <laughs> it first before you start that journey? Mm-hmm. Or both?
3: I don't know. I'm going to ask that to our
2: guest. All right. Let's do that.
3: And you know what okay. we're going to do today, Sean, uh, before I, I let the, the guest introduce himself, is I want to say something. Like, We're okay. actually going to look at life in 2050. And for people that know us, once in a while, we have this crazy idea to time travel. The time is And... And to try to figure out if it's a dystopia, utopia, where are we going? Where can we go and what can we do right or wrong if we think about it? Problem is society many times just go for it. We don't we don't really plan that much. So but we're talking about education today, and I'm hoping that we can make some impact in that, because society does depend from education, and if we get that right, maybe we can do something good. Uh this is my podcast. I'm done with it. If you if you agree with what I said, that's it. No, I don't. No. So let's keep All right. Going. Let's keep going then. Uh, I'll let you introduce our guest.
2: <laughs> yeah. So uh, th- this was a conversation inspired by a post I saw on LinkedIn, uh, which then I think led me to interesting engineering and uh, life in 2050. And it was written by. Matthew Williams, who's on the show. Matthew, thanks, uh, thanks for joining us today. Hey, thank you. And so to, to kick things off, we always like uh, to give our audience a snapshot of who they're hearing from. So maybe a, a few words from you about uh, what you do. And I know you write mm-hmm. a lot of stuff for a lot of folks and uh, about mm-hmm. a lot of interesting things, not just education. So uh, a little bit about you, Matthew, and then uh, we'll get into this topic. Okay.
4: Um, well, coincidentally, I, I started out as an educator. Um, I was a teacher until 2015. Um, but shortly before that, I started writing for Universe Today because of uh, well, mutual connections and mutual shared interest in space. Um, and uh, since uh, 2019, I've also written for Interesting Engineering. Um, those are my two main publications. There's been a few other, uh, you know, uh, freelance uh, things that I've done uh, for other other publications, um, and in my, in my spare time, I'm a science fiction author. Um, and yeah, it, ridiculously, these things all just they go together very, very well. So <laughs> it, there's kind of some kismet in there. And um, yeah, sort of my interest in one kind of inevitably led to another, which led back to uh, you know something else that was related and. And that's where I find myself right now. And uh, my main interest is um, where are we going, humanity and such. That's that's inspired uh, pretty much everything I've ever written. Let's say.
3: Yeah, that's 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 right in uh, in tune with the way we think about stuff. You know, we we started w- with cybersecurity focus, and then yeah, but what does that mean for society? And then. Uh, there is technology in between. And just like you, then we talk about a little bit of everything. Yeah, we we Uh look into the future. And and today in particular, we're going to refer to this article that is part of a series. So maybe you want to introduce this series because I agree with you. There is this interconnection, this synergy between everything we do. You can't just talk about education, like in this case, without talking about technology and and politics and (laughs) many other things. So um, how this idea of, of this article, this series come to be. Before we jump into this particular one,
4: um, it, it's a uh, well, it's a it's a bit of a long story there. But um, to give you to, to give you the short version, it, it's basically been happening for me since about 2012. I was really trying to um, uh, I, I, was, I was trying to learn all I could about you know the uh, the near future and uh, you know the long term future partly for the sake of, you know, coming up with something interesting to write about, but I found that um, I I was really, really fascinated by ideas about, you know, what is going to be happening and what's going to be happening soon. And the the more I sort of dug into that, the more I realized that, yeah, this century is quite possibly the most uh, consequential one for humanity, human civilization, because, Uh, we're coming up on two major breakthroughs that are going to be happening simultaneously and concurrently. And that's, it's like you've got climate change on the one hand, which is uh, a very, an ever growing anthro uh, anthropogenic problem that, uh, that is very much the result of all of our technological growth and our growth as a species and our impact on the environment. And at the very same time, you've got um, the, what's some, called the technological singularity, right? The the impending explosion in learning. And, um, you know, we're talking about uh, AI and nanotechnology and biotech and all that stuff. And, and yeah, when when researching all that, I, I kind of came to a, a point there was like, wait a minute, um, these different schools of thought, these different people, they're they're basically saying that by mid-century both of these things are, are going to be reaching a uh, a huge climactic point and I thought well that's very interesting because these are related problems but they're going to be pulling us in two completely opposite directions so how what's that going to look like and yeah so at a certain point um I I pitched the idea of you know what is that going to look like to uh to um, the publishers at interesting engineering and uh, and you know, they certainly like the idea because it's, it's, it's a very important question, but it's multifaceted. So I said to them, well, then how about, uh, a bunch of different, different, uh, articles that look at different aspects of 2050, where are we going to be in terms of say education? Um, what's warfare going to look like? Um, what's space exploration going to l- look like? And that was, that was a two part uh, installment because it's a very big one. Um, and, um, yes, uh, living at home and transportation, I think, too. Uh, there, there, there were several there. Um, and, yeah, education was a fun one because it related a lot to um, stuff I'd been reading up on how, uh, by mid-century, if everything goes the way it, we predict, we're going to be looking at a, at a very significant overhaul of, of how... Of how we learn things, how we educate the young, and it's going to mirror a lot of what we're doing with money and communications and transportation and the like. And so, of course, these things are all interconnected, um, but they all have the a very similar theme. It's going to be much more distributed and much more high tech.
2: Well, let's let's dig into that, Matthew. Because I don't know the the thing that I keep struggling with is I think about the future of Education, especially out mid century in twenty fifty mm-hmm. is is it is it just it can't just be about how we teach mm-hmm. and it can't just be about what we teach mm-hmm. um, I think it also has to be what the outcome is that we want to achieve, and that to me that seems where it gets really challenging because you kind of have to predict. I think you you've nailed it down. Where you said that we have the climate change and space exploration and 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 some challenges uh, geopolitically that we have to deal with. I think some of these things coming together might change what matters from an education perspective, which then might change what we teach, which then could change how we teach it. So, uh, pulling on the, the the technology thread here, how do you see technology helping to shape? that future given some of the things you've already uh, or obviously have uh, put together as other things that we'll see happening in 2050.
4: Well, um, yeah, well, one thing that is pretty, pretty certain right now is that the, uh, the growth of the internet, right? Interconnectivity and the way in which the internet of things is rising up there, right? And that's, that includes all things like augmented reality Virtual reality, haptics, and machine learning, um, and cloud computing. Um, yeah, so it's definitely it's definitely a, a given that uh, education is going to be a lot more immersive. And um, one one thing I noticed for sure there was that um, the idea of eliminating the physical space or or just decentralizing it, right? It's like right now, students still. Um, the education model that we follow is still very much like it was in the 19th century. Students go to a schoolhouse. They have the teacher talking to a room of, uh, upwards of 20 or 30 kids. Um, and you have your centralized education authority. They're deciding on curriculum and so forth. Whereas in fact, the schools of the future are probably going to be much more, they're, they're going to be much more international in flavor. Um, they're likely to be grouped around, uh, shared interests and disciplines and the curriculum for them if there is even a centralized or or some kind of authority that decides on curriculum it too is going to be a lot more open and uh, and it's likely to have scholars contributing from various places around the world so it's no longer a matter of we've got a board for this region with schools in this community hiring and uh, dispensing from a a standardized uh, curriculum and and textbook. Rather, it's going to be, we have this space in digital space in the digital realm where people are coming together from wherever um, and they are developing um, their, the curriculum themselves and, uh, and also coming up with ways in which they want to assess and and diagnose and, uh, and grade right or uh, yeah analytics <laughs> that kind of stuff so it's it's definitely going to be a lot like that and as for what they study yeah they're going to be that's going to change a lot and what's definitely going to be there for sure is uh technologies related to how do we do this cleaner cheaper green how do we do more with less and make more go further so that we can see to the needs of more people, but with uh, less resources. So yeah, it's like climate change will definitely play a role there and clean energy to, um, to new modes of living. So yeah, everything from energy to engineering to, uh, to, uh, well, space exploration and how, how we're going to use that to help save earth. <laughs> yeah. Saving earth is going to become a major focus. Yeah, that's that too. Is a, I'd say a given by 2050. Mm-hmm.
2: So, uh, as you're just dis- describing this, and I, I apologize for it, mm-hmm. this sounds a little strange, but I'm I'm a product uh, project manager by my mm-hmm. thought that uh, I, I look at everything like a project. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and in recent years, when we look at technology, they've they moved from a waterfall development model to an agile development model, which is much more flexible and shorter cycles of delivery of things. And I'm wondering, do we have to find a balance of what are we trying to accomplish in 2050 and, and it's one big, long class <laughs> that supports mm-hmm. that with a bunch of little modules? Or or is the traditional, we're going to set up nine months of the year and we're just going to pound you with certain certain topics and drill that same, same thing into your head and everybody else's head? Regardless of what the outcome is going to be, so oh do you think, yeah, do you think tech learning from tech will help change the way we teach, perhaps? Yeah,
4: yeah, absolutely. Um, well, and I'm glad you mentioned that too, because um, so yeah, the the idea of having the you know drilling things into people's heads and, and you know we're all here to learn the same things and you're all being judged by the same uh, metrics, um, I, I don't think that's going to be gone completely by 2050. It's like there's certain benefits to that kind of system, there, right? It's like we we need to hold students, kids to the same standards, whatnot, not, um, and there needs to be you know accommodation and and so forth uh, here and there always, and um, and this this has all come up a lot. I remember when I was in teachers' college, there I was exposed to a lot of this, um, and I thought it's. Later, later on, in recent years, I would think it is amazing how the theory that was coming up there, um, it didn't seem like anything was really being done about it, right? Uh, there's all this talk about creating the, a distributed model in the classroom, a postmodernist kind of take instead of just transmission of knowledge. It would be about um, uh, assessing the students, addressing their various you know, forms of intelligence because everybody is in, in, you know, intelligent in different ways. Um, I choose to believe that anyway, um, and uh, and building on that, right, and, and taking into account different cultural narratives, different perspectives, different, because not everybody's coming into the class with the same, you know, they're not a blank slate, right, they know things already, they're at a certain point in their development, and you got to understand all that, it was all good in theory, but I, I thought, you know, I don't really see a lot of this happening it really didn't change the curriculum that much um and but yeah it's like then we have uh just the internet and so many applications thereof that were working their way into the education system and um and yeah systems that allowed for distributed learning there right Um, and the abbreviation for that Right now, uh, yeah, massive open online courses or MOOCs. I thought that's that too. It's very similar to distance ed, and because uh, I, I worked in some remote communities where distance education was really very important, and uh, and a good chunk of the students spent uh, at, at least part of their day engaged in that. They'd go online, they'd do quizzes and tests and readings and so forth, and they'd fill out the exam on a computer. So it's like, it, it it was all this was starting to come true. And when I talked to people at the synthesis school and then at Astra and uh, and a few other places besides, it's like what you're saying resonates with what I learned many years ago. And and the key scene here is about how do we leverage these technologies to make that happen? So I thought, yeah, uh, technology has definitely played a role, but um, to, yeah, it's, there there will still be, I think, we do need to figure out how we're going to employ metrics and common standards and so forth there across the board. But it's definitely going to be, it, we're going to have to do that because it, we're not going to have a single, it's not going to be like a single classroom nine months of the year anymore. It's it's going to be many classrooms, um, probably still coinciding with, you know, the the time periods in which, uh, you know, mom and dad need a break from their kids, joke. Um and, um, and yeah, and, and the curriculum, uh, they'll be arrived at differently, maybe, but yeah, it it's still going to be, um, it's still going to resemble the schooling that we're used to, and that 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 goes all the way back to like the nineteenth century.
3: All right, let's have some fun because I could stay and and think of how behind and how low the entire school system. Has mm-hmm. been moving i mean you say it's been pretty much the same for 100 years or more mm-hmm. yeah i found it more exciting back in the in the classic greece when you know the 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 teacher were really teaching to to their disciples mm-hmm. the and so on it sounds a lot more fun in my head
1: mm-hmm. so
3: you're a, a sci-fi fantasy writer let's get into the time machine and let's imagine the technology that we're going to see—I see there is a chapter in this, in uh, in, uh, in the article—and and really envision what what it could be, kind of like the Jetson that never arrived, right? <laughs> the uh-huh. the, yeah. the car—I'm still waiting for the flying car. So we're talking about augmented reality coming into place, haptics, and virtual reality. Is it going to yeah. be the avatar that goes to school? And and I can imagine, based on what you say that even if the teacher is an artificial intelligence, it's not gonna to teach to everyone the same thing, because I think okay. it, I agree with you. I mean, the most important thing is to teach according to the grade and the interest and the cultural background that it, that a student has. So
1: okay.
3: uh, tell me a good story on how things could go well.
4: Okay. Um, all right, well, so let's, let's imagine this. Um, you have this massive building. It's a, it's an arcology, right? Uh, you've got housing in there plus, uh, all kinds of, uh, trees and fish farms and stuff. It's like nature and, and urban environment all in one. And so it's morning. Parents are, uh, signing into work, probably from their home office or, or what have you. And, uh, yeah, the kids go down to level, whatever, 12. And, um, uh, yeah, they, um, they enter the room, right? The kids that actually live in this building, they enter the room, they sign in, um, the virtual teacher who may be physically real, but you know, teleporting in from someplace else, uh, they're up and they're telling kids to get into their sort of age groups because yeah, grades. Yeah. That's, that's likely to be done away with absolutely. And, and, um, yeah, so you'll have uh, the building's kids there who range from uh, toddlers to teenagers. The toddlers are playing in one room with uh, virtual pets and, uh, and things that uh, that they all can see because they've got their like display contacts uh, tuned to the, the room's augmented reality thing. So they're chasing stuff around. They're learning their ABCs and such. And yeah, and the older kids, they're signing into their stations in the main room. And they're working on projects It's sort of broken down by age. So it's like kids on the history lesson. We're now teleporting to, to Greece and we're going to hear uh, Socrates tell us all about, you know, the, the forms and the ideas. And yeah, we're going to learn about uh, a little bit about ancient Greece, but also, also about you know, timeless philosophical ideas. Um, older kids, uh, we are engineering something here. And, um, so let's yeah, we're working with a, a group of students from China or India or Kenya, and we're building a, a sort of a newfangled explorer for uh, examining the, the deep earth or outer space, and uh, yeah, we're turning on our haptic suits, and so we see what all students from all over the world are seeing what they're working on, and and. Uh, Anyone who's physically in the place where the, the model is being built, they're able to touch it. Everyone else is able to touch it too, though, with their, their haptic suits. So it's like I've now got command of a robotic pair of hands, and I'm putting stuff together, and I can feel it because of the feedback from the, the suit. Um, or we're just toying around with virtual stuff, right? We want to learn how to build uh, engines and so forth. So, yeah, we've got a tutorial on how to build a, an old... Uh, uh, an old uh, gas powered engine there and we're putting together the gears in, in this virtual space, but it feels real. Yeah. And uh, the teacher is sort of directing the situation and uh, yeah, students start getting uh, sort of mouthy with each other. It's like, Oh, penalty. <laughs> like, right. Stop what you're doing. That's rude. That's in it. That's offensive. And you know, and, and yeah, there's likely to be a system of rewards um, where participation in good behavior is re- rewarded with some kind of credit system or non-fungible tokens is uh, kind of another – that's predicted right now because that's you know, kind of a big thing right now. Um, yeah, and, uh, and analytics, diagnostics are happening, and they're AI-driven, right? The entire time you're signed in, your academic behavior and a profile on you is being created – that's going to help you get to where you want to go, right? It's like you specified that you're interested in this. Um, I feel like I'm going along here.
3: <laughs> no, I, I love it. I was I, I was, yeah. was going to jump in, but I, I was yeah. enjoying joining the story. I was having fun, and I was cool. thinking, hey, I kind of want to go back at, in school in 2050 if I can upload, I don't know, my brain somewhere and, and be yeah. young again. But um, I, I wanted. to exactly make a point about it sounds to me that it's fun and Mm -hmm. uh, uh, there is this gamification and uh and and it's less structured so i don't know sean uh, it's gamification you want to go back to school too or
2: or you're done (laughs) it's funny you're on the same wavelength here marco um yeah i was i was gonna say that it when i think i i enjoyed some parts of school hated others but i think generally school seems like a chore right it's the job mm-hmm. that students have every day and they look forward to the weekend breaks like adults do and then they look forward to for the summer breaks and other other uh other smaller breaks throughout the year and i'm i guess my question is does that does that need to change for success in 2050 in terms of you you mentioned incentives um but but less about what incentive incentivizes them more about what they want to learn and will there be more freedom to let kids go more toward language or more toward mathematics or more toward arts uh, and and i'm thinking like the, the the virtual school counselor right where Mm-hmm. said that the kids can go end up where they want to go, but maybe it's more personalized or purpose built the curriculum based on their skills, that mm-hmm. aptitude and things like that.
4: Absolutely. Yeah. Cause I think, um, one thing I remember, you know, about school was, um, yeah, I, I was very much a self-directed learner. I didn't do so well in certain courses, but that, I would later find out, but I actually do enjoy them like the math, maths and sciences. They're actually quite enjoyable. If you know, you're, you're coming at them from a perspective of, well, I want to learn about this. I want to find out more about this. And then you see how it all connects and stuff. And it's like, after a while you find yourself appreciating it. Whereas it's like, okay, today we're going to talk about this and, and this, 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 and it's, you know, a lot of pure numbers and pure exercises and such. And it's like I can find interest in this, but I'm not coming at it from a place of interest. <laughs> I'm, I'm just, yeah, having it dumped in front of me and doing my best to, to get it right because I don't want to fail and I don't want to, you know, get get left behind. And, um, yeah, and, and, of course, interests uh, change over time, right? Like you think about what did you want to be when you were six or seven? And what do you want to be when you were a preteen? Uh, what about by the time you were graduating from high school and you actually had to make that decision? And it it would be really nice if we could study what what interests us, what we're passionate about over time, and there was flexibility with that, and even flexibility with graduation. Right? It's like if you want to um, if you want to work in any of these sectors, well, you have to de- develop an aptitude for that stuff and show that you know what, it. it's not just about grades, of course, but you just you want to demonstrate competencies in these areas. So as, as long as you finish those, whenever you do, then yeah, you can apply. And you know they'll look at all your metrics there and how you did. So yeah, I think uh, that definitely, in fact, uh, you brought it up and I was wondering if you were gonna say it there um yeah it's like so you got an incentive system but the main motivation is it's fun and you're you're learning what you want to learn about so yeah you don't have to really be bribed that's just there for a little added fun and it would be especially fun if you could trade those tokens or in at the end of uh you know uh, uh, a cycle end of a, a term for rewards right for
3: things a flying. Like, yeah a flying motor scooter or something like that. Yes. <laughs> Why not? Yeah, yeah. flying motor scooter. All
2: right. So yeah. mm-hmm.
3: let, let me let me go into kind of what could be the bad news, meaning mm-hmm. the, the technology it it's already a lot of it is is here, maybe rudimental, but you know, yeah. we're getting there. Virtual reality and and and, and goggles and all of that. Mm-hmm. Um how is it going to move this system? That's what worries me the most. You know what what is going to take from a political perspective? Is it going to be an economic incentive? Is it going to be a private driven schooling system? And if that happens, um, is it going to be a very a much better democratic access, mass access to this, or we're still going to have that big divide of? The rich will be rich. The poor will be okay. poor. The education is going to be left where it is. And, uh, yeah, be nice. You could come on our class, but you've got no Internet where you live. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know. Elon can help with the startling, but that's different. Yeah. Well, well, how do yeah. you see this happening? Yeah, absolutely. Well,
4: yeah, the it is amazing uh, looking at the progress that's been made, right? Um, and not just since, like, when public education started, um, it was the 19th century and it was like only a fraction of people worldwide could read or write. And, um, but yeah, as, as, uh, that, as the 19th century unfolded, public education became a major thing because yeah, politically, uh, governments were now responding to the fact that, well, more people are living and working in the urban environments, they're, uh, the general standard of living is just getting higher, even though, you know, the industrial barons, they have no intention of redistributing wealth, but it's happening anyway, because they can't, they can't control that. Um, and so, yeah, over time, more and more people were, had an education and were demanding reform and getting it. Uh, 2016, I thought a fun, a neat figure there was the, the uh, illiteracy and literacy sort of became inverted because by 2016, only 14% of the, of the global population was still illiterate. But of course, it's like uh, 95% of, the, of those people were living in developing countries, 70% of, of them are women. Um, and the disparities we see today with education is, is like everything else, um, like access to medical care and so forth. It's like there's a gap between the rich and poor nations and there's a gap between communities in the rich nations. Uh, there's, of course, also a gap between in the developing countries as well. So yeah, wherever wealth exists, you have better outcomes. Um, but the really cool thing is, the technology is actually driving a lot of the change that we see because um, the development of mobile phones, for example, you know, with with actual internet access, that led to a proliferation of internet users across. The, the developing world. And by 2050, um, I got these figures somewhere. They're, they're in the article, too, of course. Um, yeah, by 2050, it's estimated that 90% of the population will have uh, a, internet access, um, mainly because it's becoming cheaper and easier to get online, and uh, you no longer need to plug into a physical infrastructure. If you have, uh, if there's any kind of uh, phone service in your country, you can, you can do the, uh, let's see, what are we up to now? Uh, 3G, 4G and 5G. So yeah, by mid century, uh, it's expected that, um, yeah, nine and a quarter billion people will have access to the internet. And the, the majority of that growth is actually going to be driven by Africa because they're the up and coming part now. sub-Saharan Africa is the one that's on the rise Asia was on the rise but now they're clearly you know they've they've, they've climbed the ladder considerably. Um, and so I mean, yeah the concern still I, is Can I
2: pause you there, Matt? Sure. Cuz cuz what I'm wondering we're we're talking about what's going to drive this. Oh, yeah. And and <laughs> I'm just wondering will there be some force bigger than us that that says we need people to be educated and to have a certain skill set. I mean, we can look at any any industry, and and each yeah. one will say we're lacking in skills. <laughs> we don't have yeah. enough people, yeah. um, and we see some companies mm-hmm. do some of the training and help and help bring people up through the through the ranks and get yeah. the education they need. Do you see a force like that where it's not government driven, but maybe mm-hmm. maybe commercially driven, or perhaps even uh, some some greater good? Entity comes along and says, "You know, enough of this uh, climate Aliens, yeah. aliens come in and and say, uh, yeah. "Here's here's how you be green." Yeah.
4: yeah. Or think, or well, or... absolutely, yeah. And it, I think, uh, yes, to to answer your question. Sorry about the tangent there. It, I think a... it will be. I think it will very much be commercially driven. But luckily, it's not going to be driven by by you know just a bunch of giants uh, like google or facebook or or what have you but uh a lot of startups um a lot of grassroots startups too um and yeah the, i mean the motivation is economic it's like there's money to be made and we can do it in a way that's actually a lot more cooperative and decentralized than the old model we're not in the era of, in, of industrial economics anymore now it's all about uh, it, it is about you know this content right um, it's about brains. It's about data. It's uh, it's about uh, yes, the ability to communicate the information. Um, so yeah, there, there's always going to be the big giants who want to control the flow of information, right? And learn all they can from it. But I'd say yeah, the 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 greatest force behind all this is uh, like is going to be people, and whether that's you know for for better or for worse, it's hard to say, but. Yeah. But I've I've listened to i listened to what I'm saying right now. And it's like, well, Bill Gates and Al Gore were saying stuff like that about the internet back in the nineties. And well, it's good to be reminded that there's a there's good stuff coming from, you know, the global village and, and so forth, and that connecting people from all over you know, can lead to a lot of good things, but there, there there's gonna be bad things too. You know? <laughs> there's gonna be internet trolls, hackers. And lots and lots and lots of crappy, crappy information. (laughs) Yeah,
2: but yeah, there there will be some. Hmm. And NFTs.
4: NFTs. Yes. Yes. (laughs) NFTs.
2: (laughs) Everything will be an NFT.
4: Yeah. (laughs) And yeah, and don't forget just people with weird crackpot theories. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, And Marco, you you mentioned democratization. Yeah, you were. Yeah, yeah, there will be absolutely be that more people participating and in a way that you know is, is more self directed, self driven. That's going to be very democratizing. Um, and that's yeah, that too the whole idea of distributed systems. I mean, that that too is uh, something that was predicted decades ago. Um, and again, that's for better or for worse. Sometimes it's okay to have a few people in charge of uh what a whole a whole large group of people are doing. Um, but at other times, yeah, having a, having a population at large determining its own activities, that can be wonderful. It can also be really chaotic. Yeah, But it will, yeah.
3: Yeah, it, In- it, it, it just makes me think always because the, the, the driver is often the money, but uh-huh. always the money. And it, it's a quick parenthesis here. As I was listening to a podcast the other day where, They were saying that now there is a lot of investors that invest in um, suing companies or even government to damage the environment. Because if if they win, they make money. Mm
2: -hmm. So
3: in a way, it's like, well, yeah, they do it for the money, but at least they're putting it where it's actually doing something good right? Mm-hmm. Almost like we we need to balance that. Uh, you know, like uh, education is, is a right, I, I believe it's it should be for everyone.
1: Mm-hmm. But
3: if somebody can make some money, I think the private school system here in the United States is proving that versus yeah. the others. So I can only see that happening if there is a hybrid, like a force yeah. of, as you say, many startups come together. The government says, hmm, I'm really running this public school system. It's not so good it's mm-hmm. it costs money it's not yeah. delivering much nobody's happy um let's outsource maybe schooling mm-hmm. and contributing to that like i mean we're outsourcing nasa to go to to the moon mm-hmm. again we may, to the private sector we may as well outsource the the schooling system i don't know I, that could be an idea right
4: yeah well yeah absolutely i think that the governments are are going to have to be there um It's like, they're not gonna be the primary drivers of change, I don't think, but they're they're gonna have to play an important role, and I think that's where the whole, you know, we we still need standardization, we still need uh, this and that, and it's like, yeah, um, communities at large are participating in this, but, you know, do they have a voice in this? Are they making their concerns? uh, are, Are they able to get them to whoever's providing it and i think that's where the government needs to be and and always should be it's like well we're the appointed representatives of the people people here or have concerns about what you're you're trying to do and and yeah and i think a really good idea would be it's like well the public school system could benefit not by letting corporations take a chunk of it or having them sponsor the school but it's like um, well our kids need uh, VR goggles and haptic gloves for the next year um, and uh, yeah we decided to uh, let this uh, this group of people this company provide and yeah and and
3: get sponsors we, yeah I yeah. like that
4: it's like yeah. you know and we got a deal on it because you know these companies want their products in front of the future generation they want to look like oh we we did something good and we helped uh, you guys get an education. You know, please be our, our loyal customers in the future. Mm-hmm. So yeah, definitely a hybrid approach. <laughs> yeah. it, it, I don't know if that will be how it happens, but it, that is definitely how it should happen. Otherwise, yeah, yeah. Otherwise, it could be rather ugly.
2: <laughs> so I know we're we're getting. Kind of close to the end of time here. Um, and it's way, we're not even near 2050 yet, but end of time for this oh. episode. Say. Yeah, <laughs> But <laughs> what I want to, what I want to touch on quickly, Matthews, is, is there anything we need to stop doing to get out of our own way hmm. to arrive at a good place in 2050? What, what hmm. do we need to, the mindset change, uh, Get rid of legacy stuff? What is it that we need to need to let go of?
4: Uh, that's a very good question. Um, I do think that, um, yeah, school boards do need to, um, they need to brace, I think, for a lot of the changes coming. They need to, you know, be open to making a transition to this sort of thing. I think the, um, yeah, the old model of schooling definitely does need to, uh, to not resist change. Um, It, um, it, it has been, and I I noticed this uh, again, you know, when I was uh, studying, studying to become a teacher, it's like, well, there's a lot of talk about change and incorporating change, but you're doing it like, like a government. You're trying to implement it incrementally. You talk big, but what do you actually do? And it's not, you know, because of they're disingenuous or whatever. No, it's just because change is hard. And, it is hard to know how, how fast to go with it. And it's a lot of work. Um, So that does need to happen. And, and, and uh, I think it will. Um, But uh, I I would say there needs, there probably needs to be better outreach to educators and such and let them know. It's like, so this is all the change that you're seeing. Well, here's the context of it. Um, And, Whatever concerns you have, totally understandable. You know, there needs to be better communication between, you know, the the futurists and reformers and and the people who are are going to be implementing, you know, the changes. Um, I should have said, I should say the disruptors. There should be better communication between the disruptors. Yeah. Um, Other than that, uh, I'd say what really needs to go, too, (laughs) is this idea that the solution to the school's problems is just to privatize them. Because that—that to me is—was—it was, it, it was uh, yeah—it was like an infectious idea, and I'm—I'm I'm very happy that I live in Canada here. Right, it does seem like the resistance to that idea is uh, a bit more firm, but um, you know we're by no means in a, you know—setting an example there. It's like all over our country, all over the English-speaking world um yeah there's this idea that if we just open the doors school's doors to uh, private investment and control and bust up you know teachers unions and, and other forces for uh for you know keeping things uh, how they've been and or, or ensuring um the teachers get a, a, a say that's no solution at all yeah it's like innovation needs to be brought into the classroom it needs to be done from a place of this is about the kids <laughs> not simply uh, not not handing o- power over to someone else
3: yeah yeah I agree I mean I, I, I come myself from an education in uh, in Italy where mm-hmm. you know didn't really cost me much to go through through a, a doctorate but mm-hmm. uh, then I did experience uh, a few months at the Michigan University and when I figure out what that cost to go there I was like you gotta be kidding me <laughs> that that doesn't even include housing and and uh, living, That's mm-hmm. just the cost. So I mean, I I agree with you. I mean, I, I think it's a is a right, and I think it's it's the future generation. And you just say it's mm. about the kids. I say it's it's about the future. I mean, you you mentioned about we need to save the planets in in, in 2050, and and of course yeah. more than that. And uh, we know it's a problem. So if we don't if we don't use education to open eyes and and instead of you know, going backwards sometimes. Uh, mm-hmm. I feel like, you know, we, we, we do the, we take two steps back once in a while, and that's not exciting because technology keeps going there. So, it, yeah. at the end of the day, the conversation here is we need to find a way to, to go along with technology and technology yeah. that serves everyone. So, I, I do believe that, that the government needs to be somehow involved and that you just can't leave it to to owe to the, to, to the private sector, but mm-hmm. that will be the driver for technology. So why not, yeah. right? Yeah. So with that, I would suggest everybody to read this article and, and I think there is a connection with the other article you mentioned about on other topics. And uh, mm-hmm. so we will have um, th- this link and some other resources if you want to provide it to, to us and to our audience. And uh, maybe we'll we'll chat again soon about some other topic. topic. It was uh, very uh, entertaining and and certainly made us yeah. think, which Olo is stories, really to, which is really yeah. cool.
2: Yeah, I love the concept of the the outcome mm-hmm. the objectives. So yeah, don't just do it. just like technology just because you can build it doesn't mean you should. And just because we can educate a certain way doesn't mean that's the way we should continue. So yeah. Uh, good stuff Matthew um, appreciate you. your time appreciate you mm-hmm. uh, sharing your thoughts in those articles and then with us here in this conversation hopefully folks oh, thanks to the show notes yeah uh, thanks everybody for another redefining society here on ITSP magazine
1: BugCrowd's award-winning platform combines actionable contextual intelligence with the skill and experience of the world's most elite hackers to help leading organizations identify and fix vulnerabilities, protect customers, and make the digitally connected world a safer place. Learn more at bugcrowd.com. Black Cloak provides concierge cybersecurity protection to corporate executives and high net worth individuals to protect against hacking, reputational loss, financial loss, and the impact of a corporate data breach. Learn more at blackcloak.io.
0: We hope you enjoyed this episode. If you learned something new and this podcast made you think,